Hi there, and welcome to the Simply Living for Him podcast. I'm Karen DeBuse from Simply Living for Him. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Simply Living for Him podcast. On this podcast, I talk about all things simple, whether it's life out here on our little hobby farm or how I keep things simple in my homeschool. But mostly you'll hear a lot about Jesus because I truly believe the remedy to clutter and chaos in this world is Jesus. The more we desire Him, the less we desire the things of this world and the more naturally we will be able to simplify our lives. So today we are um, going to talk a little bit about a homeschooling topic. I try to keep these uh, podcasts really broad in topic and sometimes I talk about homeschooling and many times I do not. But today I did want to specifically talk about homeschooling, especially for you out there who are homeschooling in your early years. If you're just starting out or if you have little ones, I want to share with you a bit about um, my journey, what I have learned as I am approaching the end of the journey with my oldest, not the end of the journey in general, but as my oldest is approaching her senior year. And I want to share with you guys what I have learned over the years and really what I think can help keep you focused in those early years of homeschooling. Before we get started, I want to thank my podcast sponsor, Apologia. Apologia is an amazing um, resource for the homeschooling family and the Christian family homeschooling or not. But many of the homeschoolers out there know them for their amazing science curriculum, which we use for all grades in our homeschool, and also for their uh, language curriculum. They have literature, they have writing, they have reading, they have amazing resources of encouragement. So please check them out at apologia.com. Also today, I wanted to let you know that the Phonics Museum is giving a two-week trial for anyone interested in their Phonics app. Now, this is especially a good product for those early years of homeschooling. Boy, do I wish I had this product back then. Please go over to phonicsmuseum.com simply, and you can download your very own free resources as well as a two-week trial to the Phonics app, which um, to the Phonics Museum app, which is an app for early learners that is multi-sensory, it's engaging, and they say that you can teach your child to read in just four weeks with this app. I have tried it out and I think I would have loved to have this in my early years of homeschooling. So go check out phonicsmuseum.com simply and grab your free resources. So today I wanted to get into the topic of your early years of homeschooling and how you can really keep yourself focused on what matters most in those early years. Um, I'm going to give you some tips. I'm going to give you some sanity savers. And I'm going to do what I always do. I'm going to point you to the one who called you to this journey. If you're homeschooling, it's because God called you to that journey. I don't know if all of you know the story of how I began homeschooling, and it's really a long story, so I'm going to keep it short. If you want to find the full in-depth nitty-gritty story, you can go to the archives and look up The Unlikely Homeschooler. And that episode, I really get into talking about how we became homeschoolers and all the opposition that was against me in my early years of homeschooling. And it's such a testimony to what God does when you obey and you submit and you answer a call. 
he just blows the doors off our plans. But anyway, I did start homeschooling um, when Grace was entering kindergarten. She is now entering her senior year. So we're 12 years in, almost 13. And um, it's just been such an amazing amazing journey. I can't even imagine if we hadn't followed this path that God laid out before us. So Grace was um, kindergarten age. It was 12 years ago, this time of year, spring, and it was time to register her for kindergarten. And I had never intended to homeschool, but there I was registering her for kindergarten. And um, as I was about to register her in that school, I had something that I've referred to before as like a panic attack. I literally started to sweat and get dizzy and um, feel like I don't want her going to school. So making a long story short, God was really calling me at that point to homeschool her. So I was ready to register her for kindergarten. In fact, did register her for kindergarten. And then through a big series of events, God changed the course of our life, literally, through that time. And we were called to homeschool. Got off to a really rocky start in the early years. Um, but you know what? God's plan is always good. And I'm thankful for that rocky start because we wouldn't be where we are today if we didn't go through all those hard times. So number one, if you're just starting out homeschooling and you're in the early years and it's rough and you're having a rocky start, I encourage you that that rocky start or those rough patches, because early years or not, we all have rough patches. I still have rough days. But God uses those rough times to um, draw us to himself, to teach us and our children and our families about so much, and to really refine us and to grow us. So sometimes, you know, we have to be on the other side of those rough times to really see it. But take heart. If you are in a rough spot right now, if you're like ready to throw in the towel, take heart. We have all been there. If God has called you, though, to home homeschooling. And that's really number one is to, if you're in your early years and you're just starting out, have you been praying about this? Have you been seeking the word of God about this? Not seeking what other people say, because everybody has an opinion, right? And that was part of our rocky start was everyone else's opinions of what we were doing. But I had to really drown out all the voices that were telling me I was crazy. And I had to really listen to his voice above everything else. And that's not easy because, you know, we're surrounded by people and our loved ones every single day. And to have those voices look at us and tell us that we're crazy and what are we doing and we have no idea what we're doing. But if you have that voice telling you God's voice when you go to his word or when you're praying or just throughout your day, you're hearing that voice telling you that this is what you should be doing, no matter how crazy it seems, even to yourself, because actually in those early years, I thought I was crazy too. Um, but if you're hearing his voice saying that this is what he's calling you to, no matter what, follow him, follow after him. If it feels crazy and he's calling you, follow him. If you think you don't know what you're doing, because, you know, early in those early years for me, I had all the voices, including my own, telling me I had no idea what I was doing. I wasn't disciplined enough. I wasn't organized enough. I wasn't able to teach my own children. 
I wasn't able to do this. And you know what? Those voices were right. And so was I. But guess what? I didn't need to be all those things because God has supplied over the years and provided for me all of those things. He's provided for me the ability to do it. I don't do this in my own strength. None of us do. God supplies everything we need to answer this call. So stop listening to the voices that say you can't do it and listen to the voice that says you can and the voice that says you will because I'm calling you to. I would encourage you, before I even give you one single tip or a sanity saver for early years of homeschooling, get in your word. You will be a much better homeschool mom and a much better mom for it. There is no greater gift you can give your child in homeschool or in life than to be a mom who is seeking after the things of God. A mom who is in her word, a mom who is listening to the voice of God and not to the voices of this world, a mom who is living for him and not for the approval of others, a mom who is thirsting and desiring the word of God and the things of God above every single thing of this world. That is what will equip you for this journey. You know, there are so many things out there right now that will tell you if you're homeschooling, you need this, you need this product, you need this curriculum, you need to listen to this webinar, you need to, you know, um, sign up for this free newsletter, you need to do this, this, this. You don't need any of that. All of those things may be helpful, but they will not do anything If you are not seeking after God first, you must line up your priorities with his. You must seek his word every single morning. You must be saturated in his word throughout your life, throughout your day. You must know the word of God in order to be able to discern everything else. Because as you go on this journey, you're going to hear more voices telling you things. You're going to hear more people trying to sell you their products. You're going to, you know, hear about all this wonderful information. And without the word of God grounding you in his truth, you're not going to be able to discern what is helpful, what is good, what are the things that you should be using. So the number one thing you should know before any other book Any other academic thing is the word of God. Pray over your homeschool. Be close to the Lord. Never stop thirsting for him. Never stop desiring him. Never stop learning about what the word of God says. That is the most important thing you will do. And next, the next thing you can remember. I'm not even talking about academics yet, right? You're all probably listening, waiting for me to recommend curriculum and my, you know, top saving organizing tips. But no, that's not, that's not what I'm about. I'm all about pointing you to Jesus and all of those other things will fall into place. So the next thing I'm going to tell you is start slow. There is no instant gratification when it comes to homeschooling. You may have heard this journey is a marathon and not a race, and that is absolutely true. I look back to my early years of homeschooling, and I kind of wanted everything right then. I felt like there's so much to teach my kids. I need to buy all this curriculum right now. And, you know, 
when it came to the naysayers and the people that didn't agree what with, with what we were doing, I wanted right then everybody to agree with what we were doing. But looking back over more than a decade now, 12, 13 years, so much of what has taken place that has been fruitful and has been good and has been abundant and has been just, you know, a blessing has not happened in that first year or that second year. You know, there were little things along the way. But when I look at the overall picture, it has been a true journey. And nothing happened instantaneously. Things my kids have learned have taken a really long time. It's been a growth process. So if you're in this for instant gratification, it's not going to happen but you are going to harvest an abundant crop over the years. So be patient. Things take time. Your child is not going to be, you know, that first year probably you may have good moments. You're going to have a lot of bad moments, but it's not ever going to be the be all end all, right? We never stop learning on this journey. Even after this journey is over, Our family never stops learning. We're always growing in the things of knowledge and in the things of wisdom. So remember that it's going to be a slow process. It's going to be a marathon and not a quick race. Also, another thing I want to tell you, this is going to improve your sanity in those early years greatly. I want you to focus in the early years of homeschooling on building a relationship with your child above all else. People ask me what's the best preschool curriculum for a child or, you know, kindergarten curriculum. You know what it is? A mom. A mom who wants to answer her child's questions. You know how little ones ask you why, 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 why? How come? Why, why? How come this? How come that? That's your curriculum right there. That little sponge that wants to absorb all their information, that's your curriculum. A mom who engages with her children and answers all those questions and looks their child in the eye and not at their phone or not at their computer or whatever else is distracting them. A mom who looks her child in the eye, truly engages with them, converses with them as the little people that they are, answers all their curious questions. That's the best curriculum because your child right now, you are their world. A worksheet is not going to take place of a mom sitting outside, observing the birds, observing nature, just talking, engaging. That's when they're going to learn. They're going to learn because they are looking at you to teach them. They don't care about the worksheets and the little, you know, math drills and all that. Just living everyday life with your children. These early years of homeschool are all about building a relationship. Because when the academics start to increase in the later years, and when you can build on those more formal academics, and then when we're talking about the teenage years, which I'm in now with three teenagers, You will have wanted this foundation built because it will be strong 
when you need it later on, when you need to build on with the academics, when you need to deal with the tough stuff of the teenage years, you will have a solid foundation of a relationship with your child and using those early years to point them to God in everything. When they ask questions, you answer them and you point to God and say, isn't God amazing? Look how he changes the seasons. Isn't God amazing and powerful? Look at the weather today. Isn't God amazing and powerful and majestic and the creator of our nature when we're outside? right? So you can point to God in every single thing. God is in all of their academics. He is the one who created every single subject that they're about to learn about. When you're talking about history, notice God's hand in history. Point them to him. When you're talking about science, notice God's hand in every single thing. He created it. When you're doing math, it points to God. He is absolute truth, just like math is absolute. I always tell my kids, two plus two always equals four. Isn't that so cool how math is so absolute? You can't look at two plus two and change it and say, well, I feel like two plus two should equal three today. And that points to God. He is absolute. You can't change him by how you think or how you feel or what your opinion is or what you think he should be. He is always who he says he is in his word. So use those early years. Build that relationship with your child and have them build that relationship with God, their creator. You know, they're going to ask so many questions about God in those early years. And just talk to them you know, and answer them. This is the truth. Not, this is what we believe. This is the truth. Because honestly, it doesn't matter really what we believe. Because what we, I mean, of course it does. But what I'm trying to say is saying to your child all the time, what we believe is not necessarily the words you want to use. Say, this is the truth. And we believe it because it's the truth. So it's not, this is our opinion about God. This is what we believe because this is truth. There is no other way. So those are all important things to build that foundation in those early years of homeschooling. Read, 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 read to your child in the early years. I have to admit, lately I've been thinking about this one and thinking, I don't know that we did enough of this in the early years. Yes, we we loved to read when they were young and I tried to, you know, instill really good books, but I don't know if I did it enough. Um, and I'm not regretting and I'm not looking back and saying, blah, 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 you know, I should have, I could have, because what's done is done and this is God's plan for us and we can only move forward. But I was a little bit too concerned with, I think, you know, trying to do things right and pick the right curriculum when really in the early years, just reading a ton of books because that is where they're going to learn so many things like historical fiction. And we did do a lot of that when they were little, but I don't know. Sometimes I think we should have done more. You know, I was too concerned about checking off the list and getting in the worksheets when instilling that love of books, because that's where they're going to learn all their knowledge from. And that's where you get the great discussions from. So I would encourage you, if you're in a place where you're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what curriculum to choose. Just read good books. Just read, read, read. Um, It teaches them so much. So early years are not about worksheets, are not about, you know, big formal curriculum. Engage with your child, look them in the eye, 
teach them about the world. I mean, they're learning about real life by living with you in real life. When you're grocery shopping, when you're writing out checks, when you're paying bills, when you're cleaning the house, when you're cooking, when you're fixing your car, when you're, you know, we're out here on a little hobby farm, taking care of the chickens, gardening, doing things on the property. Every single thing you are doing is your child's curriculum. Involve them in every single aspect of life. Our kids knew so much, I felt, in the early years about just the things of life than I ever did. Like They knew more about um, just how life worked because they saw us living life every day. You know, so many people have heard me say this, but the years that we were that we moved out here to our little hobby farm, the year leading up to that was difficult because we were searching for a house and we actually had found one and it fell through. And there was a whole big time where we were just really involved in that whole real estate process of mortgages and lawyers and inspections. And, um, but you know what? I look at that and I'm like, my kids know all about that whole process when they were, you know, between the ages of eight and 12, then I knew before I was an adult. So really involving them in every little thing, every aspect of life is really teaching them more than any book ever can. And there's a place for formal curriculum and a place for books, but I believe starting slow with the formal stuff. And as the years progress, adding more in. And, you know, I sort of made all the mistakes of my first one going all out, you know, in the early years and buying big formal curriculum and having it all blow up in my face because number one, we couldn't keep up with it. And number two, I realized that it was just too much. Half the stuff, I would say three quarters of the stuff I tried to, you know, fill her with in those early years, she doesn't even remember. The stuff that she remembers is the stuff that she has just learned through life. And I, I can say this now because I have one that is um, going off to college in a year. She's going to be a senior next year. I can say this now because um, I see that it works. Like maybe she isn't the best algebra student and, you know, what can we do about that? <laughs> But I see that her life preparation, her life skills, she is so prepared for life um, in the important things. And so that to me is a proof that, okay, this does work. She will be prepared. Uh, If she's meant to be the straight A algebra student, she's at the point now where she can teach herself, you know? So they become independent learners. And it's a beautiful thing to see that. But did I need to sort of do all the things I did in the early years to get her to this point? No. And so I sort of have done things different as I've had, you know, the other kids um, starting out homeschooling and then starting their journey. I'm now, I have my fourth child, my youngest, who is in third grade, and I've taken things a lot slower with him and a lot less formal, but he knows so much more than I did at nine years old, that's for sure. Um, And I see that when he's ready, you know, the math facts, all those formal things are there, but he knows just so much stuff, you know, living out here on our hobby farm and just being involved in life. So it's, it's encouraging. I encourage you guys, stick with 
the stuff that matters and add in the formal stuff as they get older. Because am I against formal stuff? No. But in the early years, it's not necessary. And most of their learning will come from other things. And then adding in the formal stuff. You know, this year has been our most formal year for my third grader. We've been adding in little things every year. Now, this year is when he does his, you know, writing assignment. He does his math. He does his workbooks and things like that. But there's still a really big balance with real life learning and keeping things simple. As they approach the middle school years, then you can be more focused on, you know, setting more of a schedule and setting things to be more formal. But let them be kids in those early years. That is how they learn. Kids learn through play. They learn through engaging with adults. They learn through life. That's how they learn best. Um, So incorporate that formal work more slowly. Don't look at what everyone else is doing. You you guys know I'm going to say that, right? But in the early years especially, when you're not feeling maybe so secure in what you're doing, at least I wasn't. I had no idea what I was doing in the early years. So what did I do? I looked to see what everybody else was doing. But keep your eyes on God. He will reveal to you. If you're praying diligently, if you're seeking after him diligently, if you're in his word Oh my goodness, he will reveal to you what you need to do for your family. And your family is unique. I talked about this on the last podcast episode. So if you struggle with the comparison trap, I'm not going to get into that whole thing in this episode. Please go listen to the last episode about the comparison trap. But if you are looking to what everybody else is doing, you're going to end up just being paralyzed and not knowing what you should be doing. God will reveal the unique purpose he has for your family because your homeschool is not supposed to look like anyone else's homeschool. So he will uh, reveal the unique purpose for your homeschool and your family if you seek after him. So don't look at what everyone else is doing. Sure, it is helpful to glean information, but again, you are able to discern that information when you are filled up on the word of God first. And then you won't really seek after what everybody else is saying because you'll know what God is saying. So you won't really feel the need to um, seek after those things because you will be resting in the security that you are in his will for your family. Also, choose less and add more in later. In the early years, you're just getting your footing in like this journey, right? You're just trying to get your bearings. There will be plenty of time. The homeschooling journey is long. (laughs) There will be plenty of time to add more stuff in. It's always best to start with less and add more in later. Also, if you're homeschooling lots of littles, right? If you have like a whole bunch of little ones all at once, you know, Um, When we were homeschooling, first it was Grace, my oldest, and then every two years we added a new one in because my first three were all two years apart, and then my fourth one, he was three years after the third one. So at one point, though, there was like, you know, a kindergartner, a second grader, a fourth grader, seventh grader, all at once. So it's really important, and I have a whole podcast episode in the archives about homeschooling multiple ages. You can look that one up as well. It's really important, though, to give give each one of them individual time. You know, again, working on building that relationship. So what we did when they were younger, I carved out individual time for each one. It may have been just a half an hour for each child. 
but during their individual time, the other children could not interrupt. And that's really important because how many times is it like, well, we're going to do individual time, but then the other ones are coming in, mommy, I need this, mommy, you need that. But when we set the precedent that your individual time is your individual time, they won't feel the need to interrupt because they know that their individual time is coming. Do you see what I mean? So say from 10 to 10.30 is one child, 10.30 to 11 is the other child. If they know, okay, my time is coming up, then they need to wait till it's their time. And then they don't interrupt. And it's a beautiful thing when you can have that individual focus time on each child. Then while you're working with the others, they can work more independently. They can do their playing. They can work with each other, whatever it is. But knowing that they have mommy all to themselves for a set amount of time is a life-changing thing for the little, for the younger years, the little ones, you know, or homeschooling multiple ages. So I would encourage you, you can also find that on a previous podcast episode. And I have articles about that. I'll link them. I'll link that, uh, those podcast episodes that I mentioned and the links that I mentioned in here, I will link those onto the webpage for this podcast episode at Simply Living for Him. Um, so really, again, just to wrap up the most important sanity savers, I'm telling you, I'm not about giving you, you probably listened to this, thought I was going to give you like 10 hacks for your homeschool. No, your sanity saver is to be seeking after God, seeking after the things of God. That is the number one sanity saver. Know God, seek after him, fill your mind with his truth, not what the world says. Fill your mind with the truth of his word so that you can discern all those other voices out there. That is your sanity saver, especially in the early years, but it will carry you through in all your years of homeschooling. And remember, homeschooling is just a way of life. It is not your whole life. It is just how your family is choosing to educate your child. It becomes a lifestyle and it just becomes the way you do things. It's a very natural extension of discipleship and of your family and of growing your children in the Lord. So I encourage you, seek after the things of God. That will be your number one sanity saver. Pray, pray, and pray some more. Keep things simple, always knowing that you can add more things in later. Build a relationship with your child. That is going to save you your sanity when those teen years come. I promise you, having three teenagers now, do we have rough patches? Yes. But oh, is it glorious on this side. I love having teenagers. I'm planning to do a whole podcast episode about this in the future. Have we had a few rough patches? Yes. But I love having teenagers. It's like you see the fruit of all those years of hard work um, and you see the fruit of building your family on God's word. And so I absolutely love having teenagers. I love having these people in my house, you know, these people that we can talk about things and um, it's just different and I love it. And I never thought I would say that. I remember when my kids were little thinking like the teenage years are so scary. And that's because I was thinking about my own teenage years because they were very scary. (laughs) But I am so grateful to see that, you know, we are... Um, in a really good place because of the Lord and because we keep our eyes on him. And yes, it gets rough. And are we perfect? No way, no how. We've had rough days. We have fighting. We have issues. Believe me. But how would we manage any of that without the Lord? I do not know. So I encourage you, if you're just starting your homeschool journey or if you're homeschooling um, and you know, you're in the early years with little ones, seek after the things of God. 
that is how you will find success on this journey. So I thank you for listening to this podcast episode. Don't forget to go check out the phonicsmuseum.com slash simply um, and find those that there's free um, resources there. And there's also a free two-week trial to try out the Phonics Museum app. What an amazing way to use um, technology for our little ones to help them read. And like I said, it's different as it's not just like they're playing a game on their iPod or something like that. Uh, I, what's it called? iPad <laughs> or something like that. It truly is multi-sensory and engaging. And I think you'll like it. So check that out. And um, also we have our Simply Living for Him retreat coming this summer. That is not just for homeschoolers. That is for any woman, any age, any stage of life. Go to simplylivingforhim.com slash retreats. Register today. We're getting close. We're only like four and a half months out. You need to register. You need to book it. And um, you need to join us for an amazing weekend seeking after the things of God and not the things of this world. So again, I am Karen DeBuse from Simply Living for Him. And until next time, I I wish you blessings and joy.